loving heavenly father we are at your feet trusting and leaning upon only your glory your grace and your compassion we want you to come to us we want you to we want you to come we want you to be in our midst we want you to touch every one tonight every one of us must see your glory tonight let the mighty and matchless glory of the lord and savior jesus christ be manifested tonight in mind body and soul let there be a revolution a kind of a revival which will take us next level of your glory in the days to come holy spirit of the lord come and rest on every one of us father we give you glory honor and praise thank you for your word which is to be delivered to us tonight mighty and matchless name of our lord jesus christ we pray and we give you all glory honor and praise amen Praise be to God for this wonderful evening. It is my matchless joy to see all of you tonight. Let us go into the word straight away. Book of Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14 says, I will put my spirit in you. I will bring you back to your own country, to your own land. and i will bless you there i will put my spirit in you and you shall live and i will take you to the right place of your choice and calling and there you shall prosper this is the promise word for us today as we are sitting at his feet i will put my spirit in you that you shall live This promise was given to prophet Ezekiel or I can say to the people of God through prophet Ezekiel in chapter 37. When you read the entire chapter especially from 1 to 14 the Lord took prophet Ezekiel in visions to a particular place called the valley of dry bones. We do not know exactly geographically where this valley existed. but we know it is somewhere surely in the boundaries of judea in the time of prophet ezekiel but in real there were no bones during those season of time the holy spirit of the lord was revealing me certain things when i was in prayer today about this particular revelation i'm going to share everything one after the other as the word goes by The Lord spoke to prophet Ezekiel. Come let's go to the valley. The Bible says if you read chapter 3 verse 22 and 23. The Lord was talking to prophet Ezekiel in different levels of his glory in one of the river banks and suddenly he said let's go to the valley first. Our God can take us to the valleys or to the mountains anytime. There was a prophet called Elijah his name was recorded to be the most 
supernatural prophet in the times of the kings. Josephus was mentioning of him, saying that he was the king of kings or the king maker of the land of Israel. Second King chapter 2 verse 16 says, there was an experience with prophet Elijah. Once he would be on a mountain, the next day he would be on a valley. God can take you to any place, any time. Here the Lord spoke to Ezekiel saying, I want to take you to a particular place and mission. I want to do something over there. One of my mentors was traveling to one of the Arabian countries to preach the gospel. It so happened, he was so afraid to go and preach over there. 15 days he was fasting, but the fear was not gone out of him. He was repeatedly worried about the different types of law system which was not allowing a common preacher to go and preach over there. Even though he was extended with a beautiful special invitation, there was some concern about certain things which were not applicable to those regions in terms of gospel. Fifteen days he was fasting and crying to God. Help me, Lord. Show me a sign. Whether I should go or not, lead me according to your will. But I want to have a symbol from you, an assurance from you that you are really taking me into this particular region. One day when he was in prayer, the Lord came in spirit and said, Come on, we are going to the atmosphere, the spiritual air, the spiritual kingdom which is operating above the earth. I'm going to take you there. I want to show you from there. What are you going to do for my glory in the particular region? I want to show what's happening in the spiritual atmosphere. The Lord took him in spirit. And he said, they were traveling for a few minutes together through the clouds and to the atmosphere. They were miles above the sea level. And the Lord said, we have now come to the region where you are going to minister unto me in few weeks' time. See, the geographical boundaries below you. Look at the countries. Look at the deserts. Look at the cities. Look at the shores. Look at the harbors. Look at everything which I'm going to bless through you in few weeks' time. And all of a sudden the Lord said, I have brought you to show you some other important thing which happens in the spiritual atmosphere before a man of God enters into the boundary. And my mentor was in a great shock because he saw millions of angels standing on one side. They were all standing as, they were, as if they were standing before a military command. They were having full attention upon the Lord Jesus. And they were all trembling before him. They were talking to each other. God has come in person for somebody. There must be something very important. We have to be vigilant. We must understand his will. They were all standing so straight, watching over what the Lord was about to tell them or command the Lord Jesus said, See, he is my servant from India. 
In three weeks' time, he is going to have a campaign in the city, which is just below. Be sure, everything must be in order. All the kings and royal families must be in a perfect health and wealth. There must be no confusion. The law and order must be well maintained. No sandstorms, no unwanted calamities. no accidents nothing make sure everything is in perfect order because my servant is coming he said yes sir we will do it you know about us you can trust in us we are already aware of it but still at your personal command we will do our best we make sure everything goes perfectly and they were all rejoicing at the command of the lord jesus christ then the lord jesus said Look at this direction. Now you will see the other side of the coin. He turned to this side. The other side. He was literally shocked and started shivering out of great fear because he saw all kinds of ugly creatures standing there beside. All types of demons, the forces of darkness. The Lord looked at them. they were trembling before the lord jesus most of them were falling down at his feet at distance and the lord said hey fellows you know who you see he is my boy he's coming from india to preach over here all of you should mind your own business never come close to him get lost for a while keep yourself away from the boundaries of this region you have no business the next few weeks in this city you may all go never trouble this man my chosen vessel no troubles in the meetings no power cuts no political confusions make sure you behold you hold your peace and the lord was just looking at them for the response they were already prostrated screaming and crying at his feet at distance saying lord you know about us we will never disobey we will never create any problems in those particular days we will order this and the lord looked at my mentor and said look this is what i'm doing for you before every campaign you conduct in different parts of the world you are trembling you are scared you are worried but you do not know what i do in the spirit world in the spirit realm for you this is what i do for you since you obey my word follow my instruction and just go behind me all the time this is my favor for you i put all things in order in the spirit world for you no mischievous things will befall against you in the physical world same thing happened to prophet ezekiel the lord said let us go to the valley i want to show you what's going to happen ezekiel was a broken hearted man he was always worried about his own people if you read ezekiel chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 he was part of the prisoners 
the land of Galilee. He was taken along with the prisoners, or he was born and brought up over there. Mostly he was taken captive because of the sins of his own people. My sweet friends, today, by the Holy Spirit, you are entering into a spirit world which you have never gone and visited before. The Lord has granted me permission to pray for you. That you will be taken to your future in spirit and to see what is God ordained for you. You will be able to see your current situation and future through the power of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 29. Because I pour out my spirit on you, I will not hide my face from you. I will not hide my face. You will see my face, which means you will know my will. You will understand my will. That God hides himself. Everything of God is hidden to us. But today God wants to open his eyes, open his face, that you may behold him, enjoy his will. God is going to supernaturally do something in your life. I am praying tonight, this same experience be granted to you that you will be able to see what is happening in the spiritual which will restore you permanently, my friends. Here, let's come back to the Valley of Tribals. The Lord said, let's go to a place that we have to do something over there to fulfill the Father's will. And Ezekiel was taken to a valley, he was in a shop. The valley was full of bones, dry bones. And the Lord asked him a very funny question. Will these bones come back to life? The prophet said, Lord, I do not know. You can read this in first three, uh, three verses. And in the fourth verse, he says, I do not know. Lord, I do not know. Only you know. I don't know how these problems come to an end. I do not know. I'm just a prophet. I do not know. Prophet does not know everything. He knows only what, what, what God wants him to know. That is the problem of the prophet. He cannot stand on his own. He cannot depend on his experience. He cannot depend on what happened yesterday. He has to lean on the Holy Spirit of the Lord all 24 Sometimes we think prophets, they don't know sometimes to guide us. My friends used to tell me, why prophets don't know certain things which are going to happen to this world? Even though Amos 3, 7 says, God does not do anything in this world without informing and conveying to the prophets. That doesn't mean that God will convey everything to one single prophet. No. He has got millions of prophets in this world. Everyone will know one truth. One fact, one revelation, one future situation. God will speak to every prophet one truth, one revelation, one incident, or one information he will give. For example, if all the prophets come together under one roof, we may expect all the truth, all the revelations will be revealed to us. We are all scattered. I'm revealed a little. Someone else is revealed a little. Many a times, my friends, this is how the Lord does. One day there was a public meeting. The preacher was late by 30 minutes. The organizer didn't know what to do. 
and he requested the worship leader to continue for another 30 minutes you know what happened the preacher was in the car he was crying god i am great my people are waiting whoever is on the platform now let him do the ministry of what i am supposed to do the 30 minutes of my ministry lord be granted unto me it happened in chennai the worship leader suddenly got into the spirit started calling out names started calling out the problems of people and the congregation got shocked to see the worship leader turned out to be mighty prophet for those 30 minutes anything is possible prophet said lord i don't i don't know anything about this tribes but you the value of tribes the hebrew mythology says this world is called valley we're living in a valley actually ezekiel 7:16 says like the doves of the valleys which supposed to live on mountains we belong to the mountains but we live in the valleys that's why psalm 23:4 says lord even though i walk through the valley of shadow of death there are two important names given for this valley in the hebrew text one is the valley of shadow of death the valley of death do you know that for every second two people are dying in this world can you imagine 60 million people that die every year for one second two people are already gone out of this world first samuel 20 verse 3 king david says there is only one step between me and the death i am just one step away from the death the whole world is just one step away from death just one step there was an article about death the author says there are around 15000 reasons by which people die 15000 reasons one day one particular person died in hospital not because he was sick he won a lottery millions of dollars worth of lottery doctor came and reported him said sir congratulations you won a beautiful lottery of 1 million dollars the joy stopped his heart he died on the spot he could not handle the shock of the joy the surprise really took him away from this world what else we can say 15000 reasons are against us every day and secondly the bible says if you read 84 sorry Psalm 84:7 this is called the, the valley of tears if you read 84:7 and 8 the bible says very clearly valley of tears tears from the time the child is born the tears start in his birth we are living in the world of the valley of death and valley of tears The heaven is always counted to be a mountain. The Bible says if you read Psalm 121 verse 1 and if you read 
Genesis 49 verse 26. If you read Deuteronomy 33 verse 15, the Bible clearly says, "Heaven or the mountain talks about heaven." Whenever the Hebrew person says, "Hill, mountain," he thinks of heaven. He counts it to be heaven. Heaven is hill. The valley is this world. My sweet friends, we are in valley, but we belong to the hills. We belong to the mountains. We belong to the higher parts of this world. Isaiah 58:14 says, "The Lord will make you ride and stay on the higher parts of this world." I'm not going to details of those things. I'm going into the word which is meant for us today. And prophet Ezekiel was taken to the valley of dry bones. And the Lord said, "These bones are my people." Verses 11, 12 and 13 say, "They are my people." These bones are not someone but my people. They are my beloved people. The situation is like dry bones. The Bible says the bones become dry because of few reasons in our life. If you see 31:10 book of Psalms and 38 verse 3, sing, sing, dries the bones and consumes the energy which is already in the bones. What is in bones? Marrow. Fifty-eight, eleven, book of Isaiah, and three-eight, book of Proverbs. The Bible says there is something called marrow in a bone. When the marrow dries out, the strength is gone. The metabolism gets weakened. You are totally shaken. You become empty. Sin dries out the bones, and the Bible says. Even sorrow does the same job. If you read thirty-two verse three and hundred and two verse three, song, the sorrow dries our bones. If you read fifteen, thirteen, book of Proverbs, the broken spirit dries the bones, and also seventeen twenty-two, and also eighteen fourteen, the Bible says, when the spirit is broken. That spirit dries the bones. Who can sustain the spirit? Dry bones. And the Bible says, if you read Job thirty thirty, Job thirty three nineteen and twenty one, that the sickness comes, dries the bones. And also the Bible says, if you read Lamentation chapter one verse thirty, and also if you read three four and four eight. Poverty, the scarcity, tracer bones. In China, when the communism came, the government was struggling to feed the people, so they made one particular strategy to give at least one egg to every citizen in China. And history says there were rations; every one would be given one full egg for a week for protein supplies. And it so happened, the elderly people above sixty years, they used to tell his own children and grandchildren, "We have lived in this world enough. Let my grandchild have his egg." And history says, thousands upon thousands of Chinese elders 
they denied to take meat and eggs for the life of their own children and grandchildren. What happened finally? They became skin and bone. The bones became so visible. The Bible says if you read Psalm 22, 14 to 16, the Lord Jesus went through the same passage. He says, my bones have come out of my joints. When I was hanging on the cross, my bones were out of my joints. I had to go through this mob for my own children who suffer sin, sickness and sufferings. I have to take care of them. For their own remission, I had to go through the same painful path but having my own bone bones come out of the joints. My bones were out of the joints. I was standing, hanging on the cross for six hours. His bones were out of joints. He was in great agony and pain. You would have thought, oh, my children, their bones were painful. And the Bible says 34, 20, he will preserve the bones of his own righteous people. Psalm 34, 20, he preserves the bones of his own children. And Psalm 51, 8 says, Lord, the bones you have broken, you will make them rejoice once more. They are not going to be despised all the time. And the Lord was telling his own people, 11, 12, and 13 of Ezekiel chapter 37, my people say the hope is lost. The hope is totally lost. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 18. My hope is lost. The Lord says the hope is lost. The hope of my children is lost. The hope about their personal life and future. The hope about their ministry and finances. It is lost because it has gone so dry. What happens over here? Millions of bones, pieces of bones, not skeleton, bones, scattered all over, disfigured, discarded. They were all in different positions, different places. One man's bones were scattered into hundred places, for example. And you know something? The COVID-19 did the same thing. Bones were detached. Isaiah 58, 11 says, bone is called the frame. God will strengthen your frame in one translation. He will strengthen your frames. We lost our frame. The company lost its structure. The business lost its structure. The family atmosphere lost its structure. Discarded, separated, disconnected, dry bones. What happened? The business is dying without you. And you are dying without your business. The father is dying without you. You are dying without your father. Your wife is dying missing you. You are dying missing your wife. Oh, so many things are happening that way. Discarded, disconnected, disfigured. The entire bone structure, the frame has been discarded and disfigured. The entire structure of the world is discarded. All these 50 years of labor of so many industries have come to the grinding halt. Disfigured, discarded, disconnected. They were all scattered. And finally, what happens? The bones are mixed. This bone is next to the other bone. 
and this bone says oh i am not next to my own bone i am next to somebody's bone this bone doesn't belong to me i don't belong to this bone but i am staying with this bone i am close to this bone i am lying down with this bone but i don't belong to this bone i don't belong to this bone the lord was grieving in my heart when i was in meditation hundreds of souls are crying today this is not the business i supposed to do i am doing somebody's work this is not my work this is not my field but out of no option i am living in this field this is not my place but out of no option i am living in this place this is not my position but what to do i am stuck to this position because of no option this is not my way of life but i am stuck to it this is not my way of talk but i adopt to it this is not my standard of life but i have to go through it i am away from my bone i am adopting some other way of life some other lifestyle to go on with my sweet friends our heart knows we don't belong to this standard this kind of humiliation reproach a kind of a life that we don't adopt to have we have to come down we have come down so much to the mercy of people to the mercy of the banks to the mercy of institutions to the mercy of the authorities we have to come down sometimes we have to compromise you don't know what to do there was a great industrialist his name was raja bagadur mohandas obrai you know the founder of obrai hotels his biography is so interesting he was born somewhere near rawalpindi and he lived in a very small village when he was 6 months old child his father passed away his wonderful widow mother brought the children up with all her ability in midst of all poverty he studied in a village school he happened to pass only the school maybe the 10th standard he could not adopt the next level of academic comforts because of poverty he didn't bother about it he started learning shorthand and typewriting and ended up being a small clerk in some institutions in 1920 there was a kind of a similar epidemic took place in nearby rawalpindi it's a, it was punjab in pakistan now actually originally it was british india now it is located in pakistan in jhelum district and what did he do he found a way to come to simla in 1922 he happened to be in simla nishri says his biography he joined as a little clerk in one of the hotels in simla and that hotel boss the owner also was the owner of cottons faltons the days were going by one day the little daughter of obrain came to the hotel daddy i want to go into this entire hotel i want to see what's around he said no don't do that mistake your father is just a clerk your friend is officer i cannot take you further 
there are some new figures coming some british people are here no no my child don't make any noise just be here behind the desk no 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 don't go there and this little daughter was so upset about it daddy then what are you here he said just a clerk i have to know my boundaries my daughter the daughter said oh which means i don't belong to this place this is not mine this is not my father's i will not come i will come back to the hotel when you become the boss of the hotel and afterwards he was begging her to come to visit the hotel at least to play on the lawns the little child said no i don't belong to that place the place don't doesn't belong to me daddy i have no freedom i cannot exercise my liberty i cannot go to the borders where i could i will not go and one day he was exalted to be a manager took the child to few rooms and there were few private lawns over there so lunch over there what is the daddy some lunch it's a private lunch the lounge is meant for the british people and there is a pool that's meant for the british people vips you cannot go daddy why are you troubling me like this i won't come back unless you become the sole owner of this property he was working day and night so many years later god blessed him to be the boss of the hotel this is bit past i just put it in few words and he called his daughter your father is the total owner of this hotel cultures come do whatever you want you can stay in any room you can go anywhere you can do whatever you want and she was very happy and he still says she was running walking around chatting with everyone the laughter of his daughter told him something when you don't have liberty you don't belong to that place and one day she got married he said i have booked some hotels abroad for you holiday she said no when you buy the hotels abroad i will stay there i will stay only in my father's hotel that inspired him he started finding hotels all over the world it's a very simple script out of his biography my sweet friends when you cannot exercise your liberty when your liberty is limited when your will is not honored when your desire is not executed the place don't belong to you many times we say i don't belong to this place do you know that yes how do we exactly know we are not meant for that place first thing we lose our identity the bible says if you read luke chapter 15 verse 13 to 16 16 luke chapter 15 verses 13 to 16 the second son of the rich person the rich father went away from father he spent everything and he lost his identity he became the keeper of swine 
he was even waiting for the feet of the swine and he was crying i lost my identity this is not the place i supposed to from 17 to 26 he was running back to his farm and the bible says he was given the same respect and honor once before he was enjoying and his heart was rejoicing he was restored and another identity problem is we lose our identity not only that we are hiding our identity sometimes we are hiding our own personality our own greatness our own glory our own grace our own gifts from the eyes of people because of this problem we go through either we lose our identity or we hide our identity first samuel chapter 21 from 10 to 15 king saul was against david david was running from his own place and the bible says he sheltered himself the king ahish king of gath king of gath was about to accept king david ahish was a good person but the minister said is he not the king of palestine king of israel king of jews how can you adopt this fellow the bible says such an anointed person great person god called him to be the ruler of the holy israel the holy spirit was upon him but the bible says he pretended to be a mad person he was crouching on the doors of the gates he was letting the saliva fall on his beard he pretended to be a mad person crazy fellow can you imagine such a great anointed king had to hide his identity he knows he will be ripped apart if he stays some few more minutes staying over there within broken heart he was hiding himself the bible says if you read esther chapter 2 verse 10 and 2 verse 20 esther had to hide herself the identity was hidden even today my friends you are not revealing you are not revealed of yourself your real personality is hidden the talent is hidden the wisdom is hidden the gifts of god are hidden the glory is hidden the biblical knowledge is hidden the ministry is hidden the wealth is hidden you have to hide yourself identity is hidden the bones lost their identity we do not know whose bone is that beauty is gone job 10:11 says when god creates a person he first creates the bones then he adds flesh onto it then sinews and tendons and ligaments he adds and covers the fellow with a beautiful skin bones flesh and skin now the identity identity is gone when there was holocaust in the entire europe from 1933 march 22nd it was going all the way till 1945 till the month of august in the holocaust 6 million people passed away especially jews 6 million jews holocaust you know my friends in 1897 theodor hazel such a great man he was called zionist founder of the zionism or zion movement he came up with the slogan aliyah aliyah zion aliyah means let's go up let's go to palestine aliyah 
in the conference which took place in 1897 in the month of august from 23rd to 31st the month of august he was begging the people pleading them we have lost our identity we have been scattered all over the world for 19 centuries god wants us to go back god wants us to go back God is willing to give us back our father's property, father's land. Let us go back. He was begging. He was crying in the conference. Thousands of delegates were there. Everyone cried. When they go back to their own respective countries, the family members did not agree. We are comfortably living here. We have all the comforts we have. We need to be supposed to have. why do you have to go back because there were turkeys turkey be ottoman turkey empire the ottoman empire was ruling palestine those days the theodore's request was denied the millions of jews around the europe he was literally shedding tears and crying in public begging the people please take a step to go to the land of our forefathers they did not cooperate the way he wanted wally be expected what happened everything was gone 6 million jews today the lord was remembering them so much i suppose because this is the first month of the jewish year the religious year of jewish calendar the lord would have thought about them my sweet friends they lost their identity families were scattered kids were removed from their parents husbands were taken out of the bosom of the wives so many things happened one day god remembered them how god remembered them through one little fellow who was the secretary of the queen of england everything changed hallelujah god was using einstein god was using another important scientist who was able to make dynamites and the lord used few single fellows and the cries of people came to an end even today have you lost your identity you are doing something which is against your studies you studied something you are doing something else you are educated in some field you are doing some other job because of the bread and butter you lost your identity or you are hiding your identity you are like a tribal valley was full of bones discarded disconnected and the lord spoke to prophet ezekiel of a funny thing that i could not comprehend go and speak to these bones speak to these bones hallelujah Thank you Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. Speak to these bones. Is it possible? Yes. There is a dear woman of God in Sri Lanka. One day she was supposed to visit a country which was lacking rain for so many years. And he said, "Sister, there is no rain in this particular city or a province for several years." why don't you pray for this prosperity she didn't pray she spoke to the clouds she said 
all the clouds going to the sea stop you cannot move till i say go stop before the sunset i want to see the rain all the rain clouds come back to the island come back to this province i want to enjoy the rain today till then i will not move out of this place she was standing in one of the yards of the house or a garden commanding the clouds to come in two or three hours time ente province was full of clouds the rain started pouring down there was flood everywhere sometimes god has given certain authorities to the prophets here the lord spoke to ezekiel speak to these bones hallelujah if you read why revival tarries the book written by raven hills leona raven hills the life will totally change and one particular author says if you go into the room and read this book and bible for seven days non-stop you'll come out as a broken man or a breaking man that is true actually the bible says Lord spoke to Ezekiel Prophesy upon these dry bones that is what I'm going to do tonight I am not a great prophet but I am supposed to do what Jesus wants me to do tonight for When I was in meditation the Lord said tonight is not a sermon or preaching all together you have to prophesy on the dry bones you have to prophesy what is that prophecy bones come back together join your own bones you are connected to wrong bones wrong industry wrong field wrong calling get connected to the similar bones Ephesians 5:30 says the lord jesus christ claims of his own church you are my bone and flesh saint paul says through salvation we become bone and flesh of the lord jesus christ you are not connected to the rotten bones of the devil you are connected to the living bones of jesus you are not connected to the witch powers and doctrines of satan you are connected to the bones and flesh of jesus the resurrected jesus the living jesus the holy jesus and the bible says if you read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 Colossians 2 verse 18 we are connected to the bones of the body of Christ called church can you believe that i am connected to you my bone is connected to your bone that's why king david says second samuel chapter 5 verse 1 first chronicles 11 verse 1 you are my bone you are my flesh hallelujah Can you believe that? Our bones are connected. The marrows are united. The church is not a joke. It is the body. Single body. I am connected to the bones of the prophets who are in United States or in Israel. I am connected to the prophets in Old Testament. First Samuel chapter 25 verse 29. We are connected, united, bound with the prophets and saints of God. for living under the care of the holy spirit 
I am connected to Abraham. The bones of Abraham and my bones are connected. One single huge body, the church. The bones of my grandson and myself, they are connected. They are connected to the saints of God. Can you believe that? Hallelujah. We are connected to the royal families of God. You are not connected to cinematics. You are not connected to the ungodly people who want to live the life with all ugly practices. You are not connected to the drunkard people. You are not connected to the people living on all sorts of gamblings. No! You are connected to the saints of God. Prophets of God. Through the church. When we take the Holy Communion, we become one with them. Bones to the bones. Today the Lord says, connect your bone to Jesus Christ. I'll connect your bone to the saints of God. And the Bible says, if you read Genesis chapter 2 verse 21 to 24, when the Lord created Eve out of Adam, the Lord brought her to him. Adam had a beautiful revelation about how Eve came into existence. He said, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. My brother, are you connected to the wrong bone? Shedding tears. God stops your unwanted relationship. You have to be connected with the right bone. Hallelujah. What happened when the prophecy was spoken on the bones? Two miracles happened. One, the connected bones, related bones, the real bones, the original bones, came running to this bone. Each one's bone was connected to their own bone. Can you believe that? Each bone was connected to own, its own bone. Hallelujah. You are connected to one bone, which is not only the relationship, it also talks about your life, your business, your ministry. And secondly, the bones unwantedly connected to this bone, they were all gone to their own bones. Jesus removes all the foreign bones from you, unwanted bones and contacts from you, unwanted burdens from you, unwanted pathway of your life from you, unwanted business and transaction and commercial activities which are not meant for you. You are not going to waste your time lying down, being close to the foreign bones. The prophecy was spoken on the bones to be united with their own bones and be out of the bones which are not meant for them. I cancel it in Jesus' name. I bring the bones to the bones now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the business meant for them, the family meant for them, the joy meant for them, the glory meant for them, the gifts of the Lord meant for them, the citizens meant for them, oh Lord, the souls meant for them. Now come and join them. Hallelujah. Yes, you are doing a ministry which is not meant for you. Now, God gives you the ministry which is meant for you. Thank you, Lord. You are pulled apart. You are ripped apart. You are totally taken out of your joints, of your fellowship, of your communion, of your union. 
you are separated from your congregation you are separated from your calling you are separated from your nation you are separated from your family you are separated from your business you are separated from your partners you are separated from your enterprise you are separated from your citizenship you are separated from your privilege your properties your prosperity your rights your liberties you are separated from your standard your position your placement your house your home your hope blessings you are taken out by the powers of darkness now the prophecy comes upon you your bones will join together hallelujah your bones will join with your own bones your jaw bones will join with your own bones your life will be connected to the right people of the choice of god you are finding the right person you are finding the right way of life you are finding the right companions now the helpers are coming on the way the holy spirit says your bone is connected to your own bone which is meant for you which is created for you which is made for you all the foreign bones are removed industry your own calling your own blessings the interest of your blessings the value was full of bones scattered now the prophetic word connects the bone to the bones right bone to the right bone every single bone needs to be connected with its own bone not with somebody's soul all mismatches miscommunications misunderstandings will be removed tonight because of this one prophetic word i am not worthy to say this word but i am to obey the word of god he commissioned me to say this to you so i am just obey every foreign bow which is hitting you dumping you troubling you crashing you breaking you blocking you is removed in Jesus matchless name thank you lord for your glory what taken to your own bow well let your own bow you connected to your own bow not with it for lord is bringing your bones back to you God puts you in frame, puts you in order, puts you in full shape. You are not a shapeless man, orderless person. You are having a shape, order and personality. The Lord puts you in order by his own grace, by his own compassion. You can take down by faith every segment of your life. shall be put in order your marriage your commerce your finance your business your personal and public life all will be put in order the lord jesus tells me every foreign bone from your business every foreign bone from your family every foreign bone from your ministry is removed taken to its own place to its own bones bones which are meant for you will join you. They will be knit together with you, stuck together with you. 
connect together with you. That you shall become full personality. To make sure that the Lord takes profit as they go to the second level of prophecy, he said, speak to the breath. Speak to the spirit. Now they are formed. They are created. They are made. They are connected. They are united. That's not the end. They must stand on their feet. They must stand as army of God. You know about these people. When you see 11 to 13, the same verses I repeatedly say in the chapter 37. They were the slain people. Slain. Victims. They could not defend themselves. Slain. They could not solve their own problems. Slain. Slain in all sorts of their problems. Slain means they could not defend themselves. They could not stand on their own. Slain in spirit, in mind and soul. In all types of their lifestyle, they are slain now. Holy Spirit says, the slain people by my spirit stand up together like an army of God. Hallelujah. Army of God means what? They're the defending people. They can defend. They can defend. You are a slain person, defeated person. You could not defend your own self. You could not defend your own personality, your own business. You could not even defend your own family. You could not preserve your own self. But the Holy Spirit turns you to be an army of God. You know why? To defend. Through you, the Holy Spirit will defend your society. You are going to become a defender. There was a great saint called Patrick in the 5th century. Saint Patrick. He was counted to be a saint in all denominations in the world. He was a Roman British. Very wealthy boy. At the age of 16, he was taken by pirates to Ireland. Pirates sold him to the king of Ireland. It so happened, he became a shepherd boy. He was serving as a shepherd boy. During his slavery, he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. He became a believer. And all those six years, he was saying to himself, Lord, if I knew your love before, I could have not come to this place. But anyway, because I have come to this place, I have known your love. And he was a person never talked back. The entire team of slaves. And everyone surprised. This fellow was so timid, so weak, he could not defend himself. He never talked back even once. All the six years of his life. He never grabbed his rights. Even when the food was served, he was the last person to go in the queue to collect his bread or his meal. He would never even fight for his own food, for his own personal rights, even as a slave. Not because he was a weak person in body, but in his spirit. He was so broken in his spirit. Whenever he was standing in the queue for his meal, he'll remember the dining table. His royal mother will call him Patrick, my son. 
food was served in silver platters hundreds of servants in the house of hand he was given oil pot the cream was on his pot richest person of the city he used to remember the golden bowls set on the table the loving voice of his mother calling him patrick your breakfast is ready could you come and enjoy your breakfast his heart was broken many times his bread was taken by somebody he was going hungry never fought back he could not defend his own self one day there was a voice hearing in his ears patrick run go back there is a ship waiting for you he thought the ship was just nearby please please says 200 miles he was walking day and night to find the shore and the ship was there the captain was very rude he was begging the captain please i'm here at the commission of god i'm a child of jesus please do help me after much talk the captain accepted him and he alighted him somewhere in england he was walking there for 28 days non-stop reaches home one day several years later he was in great meditation and prayer and reading the scripture day and night lord jesus spoke to him go back to ireland he said no i will never go back there i cannot see the king such a cruel man i was beaten every day i was denied my rights i was worse than a dog I cannot go. I could not even climb for my own bed. The Holy Spirit said, I'm coming in here. Go to Ireland. There was a long struggle in his heart. One day finally, the Lord gave him a dream. The dream explained to him everything, what he ought to do. The history says, One fine morning he got up and said, Mommy, I'm going to Ireland. to protect Ireland. What? For a single fellow, unmarried fellow, a priest who could not even talk louder and shout at somebody? You don't know any martial arts? You have no bodyguards with you? Nothing? You say that you are going to protect Ireland? He said yes. He went back to save Ireland. Holy Spirit was with him. Mighty miracles happened. The kingdom was shaken. Within few years, the entire nation of Ireland became a Christian nation. He became a defender of the same country where he was a slave. Where he was not even given a right to stand for his own right. He had no right to talk back. Patrick preached. Nobody talked back. No noise, no voice of rebellion against him. Nobody questioned him because the power of God was so much. The power of God was accompanying him wherever he mighty miracles. Wherever he went, there were miracles. There was, there was a mighty sign of God's prosperity. Nobody could talk back. 
nobody could withstood withstand on his way nobody could stop him nobody could even say one word against his gospel whole nation was coming under his spiritual authority what first of 3 days he had minor opposition very simple 3 days of minor suffering minor opposition from the fourth day onwards he was accepted as a mini god all loudly he was received even today is called defender of ireland my sweet friends were victim he could not defend our own self god collects all these bodies hallelujah put them in order put them in might put them in strength made them an army second samuel chapter 22 verse sorry first samuel chapter 22 verse 2 david had a little army of 400 people no one was a warrior all were in death discontentness they were all having their own problems but jesus blessed them god remembered them because of david god made them to be a royal army of god first chronicle chapter 12 verse 22 says each one came running to david from the army of saul and they became like the army of god same little army of debtors those who were having sickness and problems and sorrows betrayed forsaken and people sent out uncertain people aimless people broken people weak people untrained people 400 of them joined david but god remembered them God bless that 400 useless people that they became a mighty army they became the primary soldiers then each one came and joined david that that army became an army of god even today i prophesy in the name of jesus you are having people so pitiful around you you could not help them they could not help you that's the problem you could not help your own children they could not help you. you could not help the congregation they could not help you but you are living together in love no one is able to help each other but we are in in christ together we are in love together we are in joy together but the holy spirit says no that is not going to be forever i will make you a army of god your church little church is going to become an army of god the little business is going to become an army of god your little family is going to become an army of god the army which will defend the broken hearted people the defenseless people armless people the strengthless people the army of god defend the poor the needy wanting ones of this world can you believe that yes the become a defender of god so far that we need a prophecy end up with a small story at the age of 56 the great rich man rockefeller fell ill he was about to die at his sick bed 
he found the Lord Jesus Christ to be his own personal Savior. God healed him. Then he lived for 31 years without taking a pill. He was very strong. After the healing, one thing happened. He wanted to spend all his money for the needy people. He started writing checks to the ministries, often a billion, one billion, two billion, three billions. And one day his accountant said, Sir, if you start writing checks like this, you'll become bankrupt on me. He said, No. The God who gave me such a great healing will never let me walk on streets. I will keep on writing checks for the needy people. And history says he became the greatest donor. The more he wrote the checks, the more God blessed him. In 31 years of his extended life, was blessed 10 times more than ever. My sweet friends, today I have a good news for you. The Lord make you a defender. Defender. Your waiting is not going to be vain. John chapter 5, 1 to 8. There was a lame person at Bethesda waiting for an angel to come and stab the watch because the Bible says, chapter 5, verse 4, book of John, there used to come an angel to the pool of Bethesda to stab the water. Anyone comes in or jumps into the water first, he'll be instantaneously healed of any of his sicknesses. This man was waiting for the angel to come and stab when the Lord appeared before him, verse 6 and 7. Son, do you want to be healed? He said, Lord. When the angel comes and stirs the water, I could not go hastily to be the first person to jump into the water to be healed. Before I go, somebody goes. That's what happening to us. Before we want to start the business, somebody starts the same business on me. Before we want to buy the house, somebody buys it. Somebody is always faster than us. That was his complaint. But Jesus would have said, don't worry about the angels. I am the commander of the angels. You have been waiting for angels to come and stab the pool, stab the water. I am not going to send an angel. I have come myself. You're waiting for somebody to come and help you. I am here to help you. The one who is sending somebody for you is coming for you. The one who is supposed to send the angel for you, now I myself come. Sometimes God sends angels, sometimes he comes himself. He said that, I am the commander of the angels, host, I am the Lord of the host. I come to a very personal to meet with you. You don't need to wait for an angel to come and stab the watcher. I have myself come. The authority of the angels, that I will heal you. I have personally come to heal you. Not by sending an angel, but by coming personally to touch you personally, to lift you up personally, to talk to you personally, to hug you personally, to kiss you personally, to lead you personally, to guide you personally. You will enjoy this tonight. And finally, the Lord spoke to prophet Ezekiel and said, speak to the Spirit. Let the Spirit come and fill my people. They are made to be personalities. The bones became bodies. They should walk. 
they should stand, they should defend. God has already created bodies. We have our own bodies, ministries, families, jobs, businesses, whatsoever. Now they need life. The life is going to come into their bodies that you stand as the army of God. Shall we all pray for a while? Today's praise is just a prophecy. I'm going to prophesy upon you. It's the Lord's day. Will you join me with this prayer? Let's close our eyes for a moment. Thank you. Lord, I breathe your breath upon you. I now speak to the Spirit. The breath that it will come upon my people, upon these dead bones and dry bones. Every dry bone get connected to your own bone. Let every connected bone receive the covering of flesh and skin. Every person recreated now in spirit now receive the spirit of God that he may stand as an army. In the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the spirit of the Lord came on the upper room. Dry bones all collected and kept in the upper room on the Pentecostal day. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them and made them an army. Thank you, Jesus. Same Spirit of the Lord came on the upper room and created them to be an army. Made them stand to be an army. Not collection of dry bones anymore, but an army standing up for God to defend His people. Now I pronounce the power of God on everyone over here upon every sick person, upon every sick body, upon every sick mind, upon every sick soul, upon every sick spirit, upon every sick finances, upon every sick business, upon every sick gatherings. I do pray now in the name of Jesus, upon everything counted to be weak and sick and stricken and hopeless. Now in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ, I pronounce the life into the dry bones. I pronounce the breath of God into these individuals to become an army of God. You shall become an army of God. Your family turns to be an army of God. Hallelujah. You could not defend your own self. You shall defend hundreds and thousands of people. You are a victim. You are a victim. You are a slain person. Slain in finances, slain in holiness, slain in your personal walk with God. You are a person slain in different areas of your life, slain their own wife, slain their own husband, slain their own family members, slain their own friends and partners, slain by your own self. You are a person slain. Now the Lord Jesus says, my spirit comes upon you. Receive my spirit that you shall stand up like an army of God. 
you will stand up this year 2021 as an army of the lord jesus i prophesy upon you that you with your family you with your business you with your employees you with your partners you with your ministries you with your pastor you with your associates you with your believers stand up to be an army of god in jesus You're with me. You're with me. Thank you. Breathing your spirit, your power, your strength. Jesus Christ giving you glory honor and praise I say amen The Lord bless you and keep you according to his word what he spoke to you tonight till we meet again the next week the same time the Lord be with us till then bye